Good evening and welcome to Point of View. I'm Chris Berg. Thank you so much for joining us. Coming up at the end of tonight's show, I'm going to show you something that if I can help build the wall, anybody can help build this wall. That'll be coming up at the end of tonight's show. We start tonight, though, with Fargo Mayor Tim Mahoney declaring a state of emergency today because of the possibility of some serious flooding here in our area. Valley News Team's Rose Itzkovitz has more. The city of Fargo is in danger of suffering a substantial flood event. The city of Fargo's mayor, Tim Mahoney, declared a state of emergency to prepare for the spring's upcoming flood. My engineers and team have to order a variety of things which cost money. And receive some compensation for equipment from FEMA. North Fargo will be inconvenienced quite a bit. and. The crossover between Moorhead and Fargo will be inconvenienced because you're only down to two bridges. And then South Fargo will have trouble on 52nd. If we over-prepare, we're fine with that. We just don't want to risk under-preparing. It takes about 80 to 100 to run each spider. The city hopes for 200 volunteers at any given time. The goal is to make 1 million sandbags in about 10 days. I think it's a great opportunity for a workout and get out there and be with the public and have a great time. So. Yeah, get out there and get a workout in sandbagging. Look, let's be honest. Let's just pray at this thing. We have a nice slow melt, a nice slow thaw, and nobody has to deal with any form of flooding in any way, shape, or form. You saw there, Mayor Mahoney declares an emergency. Another person that recently declared a national emergency, President Donald Trump, about what's happening at the border. Last week, though, unfortunately, we had 12 Republican senators 12 Republican senators that sided with actually crying Chuck Schumer when it comes to the national emergency at our border. How can that make any sense if you just look at the data and look at the numbers about all the people that are now being apprehended at the southern border? As you know, we were down there last week. We were in Arizona looking at building the wall. We also were down at the uh, southern border between U.S. and Mexico. And you have to look at all the lives that we've lost to just just even drug overdoses. Let's not talk about illegal aliens and the angel moms we have that have lost their loved ones because of other reasons. Just from drug overdoses alone, we lost more Americans last year than in the entire Vietnam War. How anybody can look you in the face and go, yeah, I don't think that's an emergency, doesn't add up to me. But this is exactly why President Trump declared this a national emergency, and it's also why he vetoed this resolution of disapproval last week that, again, 12 Republican senators sided with crying Chuck Schumer. Um, also, what's interesting, last week we were down there with Fisher Industries showing, demonstrating with the Department of Homeland Security how that company can actually build a mile of wall per day. A mile per day they can build. But now, according to the uh, head of Border Patrol, this came out late last week. We didn't get a chance to talk about it, but they now admitted that there was, there's been no new, no new miles of wall built since Trump has taken office. So yeah, we've maybe tearing some wall down. We've had some reconstruction, but as far as new mileage of walls being built, there is zero, at least up to this point. When I say that to you, zero new miles of wall, when this is the campaign promise of President Trump, he always talks about promises made, promises kept. I believe this is the big reason why Senator Kevin Kramer is calling out the Army Corps of Engineers and saying, hey, they're acting like the deep state right now. They're acting like the deep state in a way to purposefully, purposely prevent President Trump from really following through on his biggest campaign promise. That's why Senator Kramer is telling President Trump and the Secretary of Homeland Security, look, get the Corps off this project. Take it outside their purview. Put it under the purview of the Department of Homeland Security. That way, President Trump now, with his national emergency declaration, will have the funds, will have the money 
to make the executive decision to say, you know what, Fisher Industries, we've seen what you can do. You can do a mile a day. Let's give them the contract. And let's not only build this wall, but let's finish this wall. It's enough talk. Now it's time to take some action. So joining us tonight to talk more about this and much more live from our studio in Bismarck is North Dakota Congressman Kelly Armstrong. Congressman Armstrong, welcome to the show, my friend. I want to start with this. Um, do you agree with Senator Kramer? Do you agree with my take right there that, hey, the Army Corps of Engineers is acting almost like the deep state? Congress, excuse me, Senator Kramer has used words like fraud and abuse about the Army Corps of Engineers. Is it time to take this project away from the Corps and give it to the Department of Homeland Security, in your opinion? Yes, and I think there are a lot of things the Corps does well. Anybody who's dealt with flood protection in Fargo or in the Suez, or, or in the Suez, Suez River Valley knows that they are, they are, they do do certain things very well. But I just, I just firmly believe when we have projects of this scale, and like you said, it is as big of a campaign promise as President Trump made. We're way better off letting private industry do it. Um, Fisher Industries is one of one of the finalists for this. We obviously know them very well. I know them really well. They're from my hometown, and uh, if anybody can do something on time and under budget, it's Fisher Industries. You're an attorney, so I want to get to sort of the legality of this. And I asked Tommy Fisher when I was down there last week. Does President Trump, through this national declaration, can he legally now put this under the purview of the Department of Homeland Security, take those monies, and almost make an executive decision and go, hey, Fisher Industries is our guys, that's who we're going with. Can he, can he make that kind of decision legally? Well, I think when you declare a national emergency, he'll figure out how to do it as quickly as possible. I think when you get into the procurement process, and I also think how we do federal procurements on these types of process, projects needs to be looked at totally. But I, I mean, for, in all rea reality, I doubt that President Trump will specifically be picking which companies are doing this. He will have to rely on people that he trusts to make the right decisions. So that's why I, my next question too, because hopefully you're going to lobby him for that. But, I don't, but your chief of staff was there. Um, in Arizona on Wednesday, saw this demonstration for the Department of Homeland Security. I'm curious sort of what information was brought back to you, what was your takeaway from it, and where do you go from here? Yeah, and you know, we've been tight. I mean, ever since they were named one of the finalists, and not just them, like I said, I mean, we have the relationship with them, but there were five other companies that were picked as well. And I'm just telling you, the way, I mean, the ingenuity and the ability for them to do that, and I think it, one of the more important things about it is, I mean, they've guaranteed it. I mean, they can do a mile a day. And like you said, we haven't built any yet. So once we get to the point of building construction, then that's only part of it. The next part of it is that we build it efficiently, spend taxpayer money wisely, and get it done on time and under budget. But I guess what I'm asking you, Congressman, is, is what's next? Because when I tell people, the reality is there's been no new miles of wall built, their hair almost goes into flames. I mean, they're so fired up about that and they go what in the world are you talking about we've had president trump now for a couple of years this is his big promise and no new miles so is it something where you and our delegation needs to go sit down with secretary nielsen and say hey enough's enough do we need to as the people of america be calling you and our senators and saying hey get this done i guess what i'm asking is is what what can you what can we be doing to ensure this project gets moving yeah, we continue to meet with as many people as possible. What's next is we're gonna, there's going to be a vote to override the veto in the um, U.S. House of Representatives, which I will not be supporting. So once we get past that point, um, that's one thing we're still learning, and I'll be 100% honest with you, after two months on the ground in D.C., is one thing to vote on legislation, then there's the next part of it is to work with how that gets enacted and how those processes work. And that's where, that's where the bureaucracy of Washington, D.C. comes into effect, and that's where we continue to dive in. But that's exactly right. We determine, I mean, first will be 
it'll be determined from the um, from the Trump administration how they're going to proceed forward, and then it's our job to hold them, not just them, accountable, but the people in charge of uh, making sure that they're following through with this accountable. What can we as North Dakotans do to hold you and our con con congressional delegation accountable to try to move this down the field? Yeah, I mean, you can continue to call us and let us know. I mean, it's, I, I was surprised at how often this issue came up, but we will. I mean, we'll continue to do it. It's obviously very important. It's important for a lot of other reasons, Chris. we got a lot of other immigration conversations that we need to be having, whether it's temporary work visas for our ag community, whether it's finally coming up with a real solution, solution for Dreamers and a, and a DACA fix. But I don't think any of those things happen until we secure the border. So outside of the, I mean, the emergency that's going on there, the stopping the flow of human trafficking and drugs, we also need it so we can get on with the business of actually solving what I think has been a 30-year um, dereliction in real substantial policy regarding immigration in this country. You read my mind, Congressman. I don't expect you to lay out all the different aspects of immigration that you would change, but, but if you had a magic wand, and I want to ask in this context, one of the things that really jumped out to me from Secretary Nielsen's uh, testimony last week, and we were down there talking to Border Patrol guys going, look, they cross this wall right now and they basically just come running into our arms because if they're from Central America, they know they get to claim asylum. And they may not get it, but at least keeps them in the country. I'm sure you saw the letter last week from ICE. They're very upset with President Trump because of all the catch and release that's going on because of our ridiculous immigration law. So if there were one or two things that you could you know, wave a magic wand and change in our immigration system, what would those things be? First would be to get the border secure because that starts with everything else. Second would be to streamline actual work, uh, skilled and non-skilled uh, labor scenarios. So people that would, like North Dakota is a perfect example where we need workers in our ag community, we need workers in our in our construction community, we need tech workers, we need nurses. If figure out a way to make sure those policies work well, and then after we find out if that's uh, if those things are working, we have to deal with the ill. I mean, particularly people who have been here since childhood and have not committed any other crimes. We're not going to deport two million people out of this country. There's no realistic way to do that. And it's unfair to make those people live in the shadows. We're having that conversation from everything from the census to everything else. It's a ridiculous way to do public policy. So that's why I think it's so important that we secure the border so we can start fixing some of those things. Amen. Hopefully you guys are going to get that figured out. We know the Democrats, they want open borders. As President Trump talks about, many of them are proponents of letting that be open. I want to, I'm going to move on to this, sir, because um, you are in the heart of the investigations, the heat of the battle, if you will, being on the House Oversight Committee and the House Judiciary Committee. At times, i got to tell you, Congressman, I'm, I'm a little bit jealous because, I, I mean, you get to get all this information and see it all. But I want to get your reaction to this. Uh, this is a tweet from President Trump on March 13th. And then recently, the ranking member of the House Judiciary Committee released uh, Lisa Page's transcript. But President Trump said, hey, the just revealed FBI agent Lisa Page transcripts make the Obama Justice Department look exactly like it was a broken and corrupt machine. Hopefully, justice will finally be served. Much more to come. Then your ranking member out of Georgia on the Judiciary Committee recently said, looks like the former AG Loretta Lynch has some splaining to do. You're in the heat of this thing right now, sir. What's the most important thing that you think the public should know about what you've seen from these transcripts, these investigations or lack thereof, that maybe is not being told publicly? 
Well, I think you should, everybody should read the transcripts. And the first takeaway, and maybe I'm a little biased because I used to do this, but Trey Gowdy and um, Representative Ratcliffe are incredibly good lawyers. But they need to read all of this. I mean, they, they, when we start talking about what's going on, there, I mean, there were things going on. There were people actively working in the Department of Justice to try and overthrow a duly elected president and trying to subvert a, duly, uh, a president during the middle of his campaign. Regardless of anything that's going to come out, I mean, obviously, when the Democrats are in charge, they should be um, doing some oversight and inf some investigations. I, it would be unrealistic to ask them not but so, to do that. But, but people should read the transcripts. I, I don't mean just through, but, but when I hear you say that, and I don't know if it's a crime to overthrow a duly elected president within the FBI, but I look at Peter Strzok and how snarky he was in that testimony, and now the guy's walking around. We got Andrew McCabe selling books, making a bunch of money. I mean, when is somebody like a Peter Strzok or his lover Lisa Page or Andrew McCabe going to finally be held accountable and responsible? Well, I, unfortunately, I'm not sure that will happen under a Democratic control in the House. Hopefully, the, uh, the Senate will start continuing to investigate them. I mean, we bring it up at every hearing. We, when they subpoenaed uh, uh, Acting Attorney General Whitaker, we asked them if they'd bring them in as or bring in, um, uh, uh, well, I'm forgetting the name, but bring in somebody else as well. That's the problem. The conversation is only going one way, and we need it to go both ways. And this is serious stuff. And it's really bad because the people who work at the FBI are fantastic people. I've worked with them in, in, my, in the private sector my entire adult life. And we, what we really can't have is outside of this is have people having, not having confidence in, in our law enforcement officials, especially anybody who's dealt with them in North Dakota. They do a fantastic job. Um, Chris Myers does a great job as acting U.S. attorney. I mean, we do a lot of serious good here. And it's not good for the public to believe that we have career DOJ officials that were actually really, really doing some very, very bad things and then lying about it. So when you say very bad things, can you be a little bit more specific, sir? Because, I mean, a lot of people hear this and they think, oh, that's hyperbole, you know, Kelly's overselling it, excuse me, Congressman Armstrong. So, so what are you referring to specifically there? <laughs> I, I like the fact that we call it Kelly, but when you t look at what Strzok and Page were doing, and I mean, just how they were getting the information and transferring the information, there were no evidentiary slips. This was so outside the realm of how you could normally conduct an investigation. And I think the reason it was outside the realm, and this is, bef I mean, this that part of it alone, anybody who's practiced in the system and understands that should have serious pause for concern, but then also just their unmitigated bias towards this president and towards his candidacy and working to, working constantly to over to deal with those things and to, to, to I mean to just use their position at the Department of yes. Justice for political reasons whether you're talking I mean you're when you're talking Cambridge or not Cambridge analytical but when you're talking um, fusion GPS yep. and there I mean just the incestuous nature nature with the uh, Hillary Clinton campaign and lying about a FISA warrant that's a huge deal I mean FISA warrants aren't exactly the hardest thing in the world to get anyway probably don't need to be making stuff up and lying about it in order to get them. well and in Lisa Page's testimony she suggested that the DOJ that's why the guy said hey you know uh, uh, the former AG Loretta Lynch has some explaining to do that they they wanted to indict Hillary Clinton and they were told not to. So, sir, I mean, we'd love to have you back on that. I actually want to get to the Green Deal as well. But I got to ask you about this because it's kind of been the news of the well, day and I got, go ahead, sir. Yeah, and I would also say just just from somebody who's practiced in this area and done federal criminal defense, I have never in my life seen a law enforcement officer not charge somebody because they didn't think they couldn't get guilt beyond a reasonable doubt. That's usually decisions made at the U.S. attorney level. Law enforcement is pretty good at saying, "Hey, we have probable cause. We should write a we 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 should we should make an arrest."
But I thought Jim Comey was, you know, his integrity was above all of ours. Last question for you. I was going to get your reaction because of the news of the day or over the weekend. President Trump tweeted this out. And this is more along the lines of what you're dealing with here with uh, the dossier. He said, so it was indeed, this is about John McCain. So it was indeed just proven in court papers, quote unquote, last in his class, Annapolis John McCain that sent the fake dossier to the FBI and media, hoping to have it printed before the election. He and the Dems working together failed us as usual. Even the fake news refused this garbage. Your reaction to President Trump's tweet here and him, you know, essentially going after John McCain. Yeah, I think unfortunately that wasn't the only tweet he sent about uh, Senator McCain this weekend. And outside of everything else, I don't. It, 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 that is not serving the public debate very well. Instead of talking about the transcripts, talking about what's going on, we get into a fight with a guy that, uh, I mean, obviously recently died, served his country very honorably and moving forward. And I think there's better ways to approach this. I wish he wouldn't do it. Um, I actually went after the GOP, uh, the, uh, the GOP this weekend on Twitter for how they put out something on um, Congressman O'Rourke. And I, I just think we're better than that, and we need to quit doing things like that. I've, but on the... I've, but on the flip side, I support this president a lot, but I don't think I don't think Twitter over the weekend is the best way to deal with some of those things. He, he was on some rants. But on the flip side, and I got to wrap it up here, sir. But I mean, John McCain was the head of the Armed Services Committee. He clearly has access to pick up a phone and talk to Donald Trump. Why not just go, hey, you know, President elect Trump, I got this dossier. It's saying X, Y and Z. Is any, there any truth to this? And said he's given it to the FBI. Pretty swampy to me. I got to leave it there, sir. We appreciate the time and the insight. We look forward to having you back. OK. Thank you.